Good morning. It's August 28th. It is a mostly cloudy morning in New York City, and this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. It's not really a slow news day, but it is a slow news paper, as the New York Times takes the occasion to air out another of its big online multimedia projects. This one is the 2D ink on paper version of their 3D exploration of the damage done to COVID patients' lungs. Exactly what your Indignity Morning podcast, testing negative but still wheezing and taking a lot of naps, is in the mood not to read. The lead front page news slot is a sort of demi-evergreen, evergreen in a short time horizon, piece about how Donald Trump and his 18 co-defendants in Georgia are variously trying to make legal maneuvers about the timing and jurisdiction of their cases. Nothing important really happened in that story yesterday or the day before, but it's an ongoing story, so it's going on the front page. Likewise, on the left-hand side, the Wagner Group continues to face an uncertain future after its leader, Yevgeny Prigozhin, was blown up in an airplane last week. There isn't anything especially new, except that yesterday the Russians officially said that DNA confirmed that Prigozhin was on the plane that everybody already said he was on. In London, dogs are going to the movies. Specifically, they're going to see Strays, which is the title with which a movie chain decided to inaugurate this new policy and or publicity stunt. So now we know that a two-year-old Doberman was one of the very few living creatures that went to a movie theater to see Strays. And across the front page from the Dogs at the Movies story, the Times continues its extremely weird observer effect practical crusade against New York City's supervised injection sites. Earlier this month, Sharon Otterman's reporting on the supervised drug use program precipitated a statement from the U.S. attorney saying that it was illegal. Now she's following up with a piece talking about how an injection site appears to run afoul of federal law. The so-called crack house statute makes it illegal to maintain a property where illicit drugs are consumed. She also provides a sounding board for the claim that the existence of the site has angered some of its neighbors. Although technically reading the story, I only see one neighbor, a 64-year-old pastor who has lived on East 126th Street since 1976, complaining that the people who go to the center don't just take their drugs, but also hang around. The story notes that the facilities say that they've prevented more than a thousand overdoses since 2021 with no fatalities, it says. But the story says the program has also brought new scrutiny from federal law enforcement, 100% of which scrutiny seems to be the direct result of the New York Times reporting on the centers and asking law enforcement authorities to weigh in on their legality. None of this seems to be done out of any particular malice or intentional desire to close the centers, but out of a sincerely clueless bull-in-a-china-shop confusion about what it means for a major newspaper to point public attention toward, and demand official response about an existing situation. It's in some sense an objective fact that the feds are criticizing the legality of the program. It's also true that those criticisms wouldn't exist if the New York Times hadn't called them up and asked. And Saturday's racist massacre at a Dollar General store in Jacksonville, Florida, is on page A17. Nine different people contributed writing, reporting, and or research to the story, but the killing happened too late to make it anywhere but inside the Sunday paper. And now on Monday, it's a day two story. And what are you going to do? Bump the movie going Doberman off the front page? 
That's the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going, and we will talk again tomorrow.